Hello, everyone. It's good to uh, hear your voice. It's good to be here. So this isn't the podcast I intended upon doing. Uh, I guess it'll move to next week, which makes it, you know, one in the bank. And that's a plus. But this is the podcast I feel like I need to do um, because, well, there was a huge argument involving me and another person. And it was around um, the term extent of condition. Let me say that again, extent of condition. I didn't realize that, that term was rare, but I think it might be. Let's talk about it a little bit today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. I'm the host for today's journey. Um, and my name's Todd Conklin. In case we haven't met, it's a pleasure to meet you. Me and Kanta. It's a treat to actually get to hang out with you. And uh, if it's your first podcast, welcome aboard. This would be a weird one to come in first on. But you're always welcome. I mean, I'm, it's good to have you. If you've heard it a million times, then you've heard it a million times. That's part of the drill as well. But it's um, it's interesting right now because there's so much going on in the world and you feel it. I mean, this is not going to be necessarily very newsy because you live in the world every single day, but uh, it's crazy how much uncertainty we deal with and how, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels like it's increasing. And I don't know if, uh, if, if it's because it is in fact increasing or if our sensitivity to it is increasing or if there's just so much going on um, culturally and socially and operationally and global logisticsly, I made that word up, but you know what I mean, that, that seems to, every, everything has kind of a heightened awareness. And because of this heightened awareness, I'm noticing um, some real interesting pushback. So, so the ability to disagree is not a bad thing at all. In fact, I would suggest the ability to disagree is vital. There's nothing more important than a differing professional opinion, an alternative understanding of what's going on. And it's true that understanding and learning from another's point of view is valuable and makes a huge difference. And so the idea that we're curious, we're humbly curious, we're listening to listen, those are all really important ideas. We've talked about them a million times before. But it doesn't mean that they're equivalent and that it doesn't mean that every argument has two sides and that everything demands equal time. Those those kind of ideas are interesting. But the pushback on that's really hard. And anytime somebody says, you know, well, I'm not going to give up uh, command and control or I'm not going to give up punishing people, you know, we have to punish, we have to hold these people accountable – what I want to tell them always is, how's that worked so far? You know, how's, how's that gone so far with you? Uh, you've been happy with it so far? Because if you're happy with it so far, then maybe you've already got the secret of the universe. Um, but when you ask that question, it's really interesting because it, it clearly they're not happy. I mean, clearly the reason we're having this discussion is because something's happened or something bad took place or an accident happened, something happened, right? And so they, they, they're there kind of almost against their will to have this conversation. And that's kind of where um, the conversation 
started for me this week, and it was not pleasant. And it was interesting because it was seen as kind of, um, well, you have your opinion and I have my opinion, which is completely true, and I'm wide open to that, right? But it doesn't mean they're equivalent, and and it doesn't mean I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give up half my opinion to include half your opinion, and that's the interesting thing about change, and especially a philosophical change, is that it's a it's a change really in the way you think about the problem, which in turn then changes the way you actually respond, and that change in response is really key, and that's where improvement almost always lives. So things tend to not improve if you do the same thing over and over again. I mean, they just don't. And doing the same thing harder or louder or slower or publishing it more times doesn't equate into a big action for change. It's just a big, tiny while holding on to the status quo, holding on to what we have now. And I understand that because what we have now is safe and I get it and I, I'm comfortable and and it means everything I've done up to this point has been just and true and, and noble. But it kind of puts us in this really interesting position. And that's kind of where the discussion that I want to talk about today starts in this really interesting position. But to get there, we've got to kind of have some background information. So that's why I actually switched everything around and I want to talk in pretty good detail about some terms that um, we use in our world comfortably that may not translate comfortably to the rest of the world. And the funny thing about it is, is it's really one of the terms I'm going to use is this notion of cause Versus the notion of condition. Um, and those are really different things. But that's what we should probably talk about. I mean, that's that's kind of why we're in this conversation. So needless to say, it was a big argument. And it was an argument over these shootings. So we, we've had all these shootings. And they're horrible. And and I'm my heart is breaking. And I know deep in my soul that this is an indicator that we must do something different. And I met a person who is 100% convinced that we shouldn't. And instead of talking about the, the intricacies and the politics of this, which I'm glad to do at any time with anybody, don't get me wrong, I actually want to talk more at the first principles level about where this comes from. And why progress is something that we ought to think about. And, but we ought to think about it differently. So progress isn't doing the same things better, louder, more of it. That's not progress. That it just, by definition, is not progressing. In order to progress, we really have to change the things we do. Now, you've heard this a million times, so this isn't new. But the idea that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is an indicator of insanity, right? I mean, th that's a phrase oftentimes attributed to Einstein. However, as I understand it, I was not that close with Einstein. But as I understand it, not something he said, but it feels like something he might have said. So let's put it in the might said category, right? That idea is not just an idea, but to some people that's kind of a threat, and we know this because of what we do for a living. That's what we ought to talk about. 
that's where the pod will take us today. So to get started, I think we're going to have to do the hardest thing ever done in the history of uh, safety, and that is define the word cause. So I, I don't know if you've actually thought about the definition of the word cause much, or better yet, if you've tried to find definitions for the word cause, especially in the uh, safety stuff that's being written. And what's amazing is is that it's really hard to define cause without using the word cause. I mean, it must be because most of the safety publications, and I've, I'm, I've written some of the crappiest, so I'm right there. Most of the safety publications actually define cause by using cause. The cause is what caused the accident. Well, so you don't really get to do that because that doesn't really apply to the rules of logic. You can't use the term itself to define the term. And so if you reach out and look for definitions of cause, You'll find them, and the one that's probably most common is a person or thing that gives rise to an action, a phenomena, or a condition. And then they use as example, the cause of the accident is not clear. Well, so that becomes important because one of the challenges we have is that we have to sort of determine the difference between that word cause and the word condition. Now, there's a reason this matters, and I sort of alluded to it in the beginning, sort of the introduction of what we're going to talk about, and that is that when something bad happens, we really want to find the cause. We want to find the, the reason that bad thing happened, and we want it to be pretty much a thing, you know, a decision, a choice, that they did something wrong. And because that thing happened, therefore, that bad outcome happened. And you can look at this in a lot of ways. I mean, the idea that bad things happen is untenable. They can't just happen. I mean, they have to be caused. There has to be some reason why this event transpired. And so when you have arguments over anything, accidents, uh, social conflicts, shootings, of course, there's going to be this high need to reach for cause. Let's establish the cause. Let's look for the root cause. Now, those aren't bad ideas, and those aren't wrong thinking. The challenge is, is that the cause oversimplifies complex problems. So, in a linear problem, there will be a cause. So, when a pump breaks, there's a reason the pump breaks. And when you take the pump apart, you'll find what that reason is. And then you'll fix that reason, and then you'll turn the pump on, and it'll work again, right? That's because a pump obeys the laws of physics. However, if your dog gets sick, you don't want a veterinarian that practices root cause analysis because that would be awful. Because they take your dog apart, find the broken component, replace it with a monkey component, because I'm making this up, sew your dog back together and say, bark. And chances are pretty low that the dog will bark. Now, those are extreme examples but we're kind of in an extreme time because I wish more than anything there was a single cause. This is the cause. This is the cause, right? This is what happened. And you can look at all the causes that people talk about for any event, and you can say, okay, those are causes, I guess. But in and of themselves, are they truly causes 
of the bad outcome. So when this thing happens and nothing bad transpires, is it no longer a cause? That's where the idea of using the term condition, which, by the way, is in the definition of cause that I actually used as an example. And I'm not in love with that definition, but this idea that there's conditions present that created the environment in which the failure can happen, that's a really important idea. And that leads us to the premise of today's discussion. So when you do any kind of event learning, one of the products that you can create is called an extent of cause analysis. And extent is E-X-T-E-N-T, extent. Because I think I say it so it sounds like extend with a D, but it's not. Extent of cause. And what you do is you'd look across your organization and you'd say, where else in the organization, in the globe, do these causal factors exist? And that, for years was seen as a really valuable part of investigation protocol. It's something you would do probably after you've done your analysis and information gathering, after you've sort of figured the story out, and before you actually help write suggestions for corrective actions. You would look and say, this is where the cause exists in other operations. And the challenge for that is that the cause, when you find it, needs to equate to some kind of bad outcome. Because if we're going to fix that cause, then that cause needs to be the reason why bad things happen. And to extend a cause for years and years and years, I think was a pretty interesting way to look at failure. But then, years ago, some brilliant person, and forgive me because I really don't know who this brilliant person is, decided to add extent of condition. Eureka. That is a way different way to look at an event because now you're not looking at one single cause, right? Now you're looking at a set of conditions that when they exist, actually create the potential outcomes. And you can look at events over time. So you could look at every single event that ever happened and say, what conditions do these events share? What do they have in common? And when you determine what those shared conditions are, then the next thing you do is actually address the presence of those conditions. Not that they're causal, because they may in and of themselves never cause a failure. In fact, they, they almost probably never cause a failure. But when set in a certain set of conditions, right, a certain order or a certain amount or certain conditions present, we know that we're more likely to have some kind of failure. Now, the reason I tell you that is because extent of condition, I think, is maybe one of the more powerful applied tools you can use to understanding things like learning teams, event learning, event investigations, human performance, human and organizational performance. Condition identification is valuable. That's what you pull the Jenga blocks for. But the extent of those conditions, where else does time pressure exist? Where else does uh, mental health issues exist? Where else does this exist? Where else does that exist? Identifying those becomes a, a, a quite effective way to start to understand how you can look at a problem in a complex environment. 
And so the key is, is that you're looking at a complex environment, a system that is degrading, a system that will fail, and you're identifying the conditions necessary for that failure to have consequence, right? They're not causal because they don't cause the failure, but when those conditions are present, together, collectively, they have the ability to amplify the potential outcome. Now, that difference is incredibly important for us to talk about. And it really is this difference between extent of cause and extent of condition. And what you're doing is you're looking across the operation, across the organization, across the company, across the society, across the nation, across the state, wherever you're looking, and you're saying, where else do these conditions coexist? And once you identify them, then what you can do in many cases, as a part of your corrective action, is you can do your darndest to actually ensure that those conditions don't get to be together. So you can remove the potential for those conditions to align in such a way that the potential for a big failure is possible. And that actually becomes a much more effective conversation about things like mass shootings. Now, I, I know this is kind of a risky thing to talk about, but I also know that we've got some background in understanding failure that I actually think applies when you think about how to think about these problems. And seeing them as uh, removing one thing, remove this, remove that, remove this, remove that, that's all uh, probably all fine. I mean, I, I'm not sure it's negative, but what you want to say is what conditions find their way across the board in this kind of event. It would be the same with a, with a hand cut or a fall injury. It's the extent of condition that actually gives you power within the organization to facilitate and create change. It's not extent of cause. Cause is probably good to know. I don't want to sound anti-cause. I am a little bit, but I don't want to sound that way. It's the extent of condition that actually allows you to understand the complex relationships that exist all the time. That is important. And it seems like it's time to have that conversation. It seems like that extent of condition discussion, which I think we may have had before, but it's been a long time because I don't remember it. That becomes really an important part of how you think about really all your learning activities. Where else do these same conditions exist? And when you answer that question, then the next thing you do is say, okay, how can we actually make this better? How can we make these conditions more difficult to align, more difficult to coexist? And once you answer that question, then things start to change. That's a huge part of the way we think about resilience in a system. And that, I think, is a valuable place for us to transition to the conclusion. So where does this leave us? Well, that's a good question because, you know, that's a part of it. I think it leaves us in a really interesting position. And the position is, is that complex problems are devilish. They're, they're complex, right? But they're devilish. They're, they're sneaky little jerks. And complexity is where the sneaky little jerkiness, I made that term up, uh, lies. And as we push the edges of our systems we find our systems become more brittle because the complexity becomes more exacerbated. It becomes 
more significant. And there's tons of research on this. I mean, don't take my word for it because, you know, I'm basically one magazine article ahead of uh, everybody else. I mean, and I don't even think I'm ahead of everybody else. I'm, a lot of people, I'm two magazine articles behind. But I do think it's valuable to understand and really dig into the fact that hoping there's a, a, a one clear solution is, is, is compelling, but it kind of falls in that extent of cause. What we want to do is look for multiple conditions that coexist. Age plus weapon availability plus, I mean, you can sort of figure out um, in the argument I had, which was quite emotional, where this all kind of led. And you can see that if you look at the conditions and they're out there to see, you can solve them. And where this made a huge difference is when we started applying this in our workplace. Because once we did an extended condition review, then we started to really understand places where we needed to pay more attention, places where we could actually affect a positive change, not just add a list of corrective actions to be ticked off, I mean, because we do that as well, but actually creating an environment where you're looking at building more resilience in a system by understanding the system's interfaces, those complex couplings where they exist. That, my friends, that is a really interesting way to see the world. And that's the pod. I mean, that's it. It's a summer pod, so it doesn't have to be as long. Yay, thank goodness. It's also uh, right in the midst of the summer, at least in North America. So fun is never been. I mean, we're just coming off the 4th of July holiday. Hot dogs were eaten. No question about it. Watermelon was consumed. Fireworks were watched because we got enough rain, we could actually do them. So it worked out well. Ultimately, this discussion is one I want you to think about. Keep thinking about it because there's feedback for sure. And I've got lots of line for you, including the joke show. It's coming. I haven't forgotten. It's coming up. It just keeps getting consumed by other stuff. But until then, my friends, that's the pod for today. Learn something new every single day. I hope you did today. That extent of condition versus extent of cause. Um, have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another. That's important because it's getting crazy again. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. <laughs>